<laughs> All right, so reality check. All right, um, so all of those best cuts of meat that are cut off the bone, yeah, whatever's left on the bone, that's, that's what's going to be combined and formed into some tubes that are going to be on the grill um, on that night probably. Uh, so, so if you're looking for some of those pictures, bring them with you because they won't be here, but we'll be here. And uh, it's going to be a great night of just, you know, we're putting ourselves in places and with people they are going to help us move forward spiritually, right? They're going to grow in community. And so we kick off our children's programming, our student ministry on Wednesday night, um, our adult small groups. Many have been meeting, but others will just be starting up again. And so we're just gathering to celebrate that, uh, that the church is open and that... Um, Opportunities to grow are here. So that night, 6.30, come join us for some kind of meet and uh, for some enjoyment with each other that night. Now last week, Drew kicked off our Just One series by challenging us um, to prayerfully identify maybe just one person in our lives that God could help us to be a part of bringing them closer to God in faith or further along in their faith journey, okay? It did just a good job of reminding us that at any given time, there are people in our world that are open open to hearing about God, okay? And that some of them are in our circle of relationships, okay? Especially like how he spotlighted Luke chapter 8, just the value that Jesus placed on individuals, on people, whether it was Jairus who was struggling because his daughter was sick, ultimately died and Jesus resurrected her, or the woman who was in need in healing, of healing who just wanted to touch his garment. Either one, it just reminded me, like this world is a big place and there are so many people who need to hear about Jesus and know Jesus. But God always breaks it down to just one person at a time. And since God works in his people, and since he works through us as his people, we we become a part of his story. When we do what Drew told us to do, and Jesus, more importantly, told us to do last week when he challenged us to pray, and then respond to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 2, or chapter 10, verse 2, where we read, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And if you're open to Luke chapter 10, and you read verse 2, and you understood what Jesus was asking there for us to do, it wouldn't surprise you then that the first word of Luke chapter 10, verse 3, is the word go. Go. First we look out into the world. Then we pray for what God might want us to do. And finally, we go. So we titled this series purposely, Just One. Like if Jesus spoke to many multitudes and yet worked with one at a time, let's think about the fact that our lives could take on the same form. So we move from prayerfully identifying 
just one person in our lives who's open to Jesus, to thoughtfully inviting that person to just take one spiritual step forward. Now, as we saw last week in Luke chapter 8, it helps to see like an example of exactly what we're talking about. And so today I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 8. Same author, Luke wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. And in chapter 8, we're going to see that Philip invites an Ethiopian government official to become a follower of Jesus. Okay? And I want to look at this and look at how Philip does this with the idea that there might just be some things that you and I could do as we think about thoughtfully inviting a person to take a next step spiritually. How might that work? And what might that look like? Philip gives us some good things to look at. And the first thing that Philip did in Acts chapter 8 was he obeyed the Holy Spirit. He obeyed the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to do an in-depth study today of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. Okay? But I will say as a truth to believe for you that when we are walking in obedience to God and when we are living in, in communication with God through prayer, that he speaks to us. Now, now I don't mean that he audibly speaks to us, though certainly he could and that is within his power. But I think more often he puts thoughts and convictions into our minds for us specifically. It's as if God quietly speaks into our life situation. And we know it's him because we've asked him and because we're tracking with him because we've asked him to lead us, to guide us to help us, to give us words to say and know when to say them. And so when he puts those thoughts and convictions in our mind, we know it's him. So Philip has positioned himself as a follower of Jesus to do what God wants. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 29, we read these words. It says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. So in the chariot is a man that Philip has never met before. Okay. He's, he's of a different nationality. He's of a different race. He is the um, secretary of the treasury for Candace, who is queen of the Ethiopians. And an earlier verse tells us that he had been to Jerusalem to worship, and now he was on his way home. And so Philip approaches him, and we're going to read here just a minute in the text, that as Philip approaches him, He is reading aloud the Old Testament book of Isaiah. And what we have unfolding for us here is a divine appointment. Now, a divine appointment is an occasion. It's an opportunity for us as a follower of Jesus to purposefully engage our lives with someone to accomplish God's purposes. Who it might be and what are those purposes are going to be different from person to person. It's making ourselves available to God because we have prayerfully looked at the harvest field, asked God to send out a worker, and he's choosing to send out us. So he opens our eyes to see what is going on, and he opens the doors for us to see these opportunities unfolding in our life. We we pray for something, 
And then all of a sudden it happens because God is answering our prayer. So Philip engaged God. And God is able to use him at just the right time. Okay? That's why we started this series with a call to prayer. Prayer prepares our hearts to see what God is doing. It puts our hearts in tune with his heart so that when he is active, we can be active with him in that way. It opens up our lives um, to engaging people with God's potential and not just our own. And God shows us who we should engage. That, that's the idea of the just one. And then he gives us an opportunity to be the voice of God to that person. God speaks through us. Okay? And yet we're doing so in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And that's the key piece, right? Most of us know what happens when we try to move people in one direction or another based on our will in our strength with our words. It doesn't go so well. People don't appreciate it. Oftentimes they push back. Often they understand this is our will for their life. They don't associate it with being God's will for their life. So we engage God first, which makes us open to his divine appointments under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So, so he obeyed the Holy Spirit, and it might surprise you what that looks like as number two, we notice in our text, that Philip asked good questions. Okay? Acts chapter 8, verse 30, it says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and asked him, Do you understand what you're reading? Okay? Now, how many books have you read? It says, this is how you share the gospel with someone. You ask them a question. Okay? So often, like we have this canned approach or something we think we need to memorize, these certain lines in certain ways, these pre-thought-out speeches, and yet here you have Philip, no gimmicks, no manipulation, no salesmanship, no fear tactics being used whatsoever. I mean, people recoil at those things. You and I recoil at those things. So why would we think they would be effective? Philip recognized that God was at work here. I mean, the man was reading the Bible. He simply paid attention to what was going on, and he chose to engage God in what he was doing in this conversation by simply asking a simple question. Okay? Now, I think that sharing our faith is very rarely sharing a memorized speech okay, or some kind of conversation that we've said, somebody said, this is how you ought to do it. Okay? I think outreach or sharing our faith is often simply something that's organic. Okay? It typically, though not here, flows out of a relationship of friendship and trust. Okay? Sometimes we ask God for a just one, and it's a stranger we've never met before in a certain situation. But most often, it's someone that we've been in relationship with. Right? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't learn to grow. It doesn't mean that we don't, as Peter says, have an answer for the, for the hope that lies within us. It doesn't mean we don't know why we believe what we believe. It just means that oftentimes that's not what we're called to share at any given time. Most of the time, 
we earn the right to ask questions. We earn the right to speak into someone's life through living a life of love and a life of respect and a life of authenticity. And we earn that respect through our character. That's what usually happens. Philip's encounter is unique in this situation. But most, if not all of the time, our just one opportunities are to come through relationships, through people that we have invested time in. And we have earned their trust. Now, we're going to go farther on this, even in this series, in a class coming up, one of our growth classes. It's going to start in three weeks on September 12th, so it's the week after Labor Day, that Sunday during the 9 o'clock hour, a class just five weeks on organic outreach, where we just talk about those type of things. How do we position our lives with the lives of other in a way that we earn the right to speak into their life about Jesus. And yet Philip is doing it in just such basic ways. So he began with a heart that was obedient to the Holy Spirit. Okay? And then he engaged what was going on, because he heard he was reading the prophet Isaiah, just with a simple question. Third thing we see that he does is he listened to the reply. Okay. First he asks a question, then he listens. To, it's a novel idea, right? I ask you a question, I listen to what you have to say. I mean, don't miss this gem. Because so many people are slow to listen and quick to respond. Quick to reply. Quick to tell you what I think you ought to know, what you need to know, what you should want to know, but you may have no interest in it whatsoever. Instead, we find Philip listening here. The priority was not his agenda, meaning Philip's agenda. The priority was the person and what God was up to in his life. So we need to learn to take time. Take time to listen to people's doubts. Listen to people's fears. Listen to people's questions and their experiences. Figure out their assumptions and the things that are troubling them. Look down at the text back at chapter 8, verse 30. I'll read that again, the question. Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? In verse 31, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? A good reminder when we read the text and step back from a minute, you can't lead someone on a journey toward God very well unless you know where they're coming from. Okay. So first we listen, and that helps us to learn. Becky Pippert wrote a book, a uh, classic book on evangelism and outreach called Out of the Shake, Salt Shaker and Into the World. Okay. She's written extensively on this subject, and in one place she f- kind of frames our attitude when she writes this. She says, don't see people as interruptions to your schedule. God creates a divine appointment but you weren't maybe looking for it, or you're looking for it, but just not now, or this person, in this way. She says, instead, see these things as divine appointments. Jesus wants us to see their needs. 
and their loneliness and their longings. He wants us He wants to give us the courage to reach out to them. She says, listening is a great way to communicate to another person. I care about you. You're important to me. I'm interested in who you are and what you think. I have found um, a lot of value. Maybe you have too. And just listening to people, because people want to be heard. They want to feel valued. They want to feel understood. And listen, I, I can do that with someone. Whether I agree with them about everything regarding life or faith or any number of other things, just by hearing them out. Okay? You can sometimes earn the right to be heard yourself. Simply by listening to someone else and showing them value through that kind of attention. So once Philip understands where the Ethiopian was in his understanding, he understands how open he was, then number four, Philip explains to him the basics of salvation. I'm picking up in verse 35 where it says, Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Okay? Now, here's where some people um, get intimidated, okay? where they tap out, you know, where we, we pick up the phone and call a friend and say, hey, church minister, hey, church leader, hey, small group leader, hey, someone who I think knows a lot more than I do. What am I supposed to say here? I don't want to mess things up. But step back with me and realize, like, you've prayed for that just one. And God has answered that by taking you into this situation and into conversation with this particular person. He's taken you there. And he's chosen to take you to this point in the relationship with your just one. So maybe he wants you to speak into their life at that point. Now, it's not wrong to ask for help. It's not wrong to lean on someone to assist. Okay? But remember, this is your story. You established the friendship with this person. You've built the trust. You've listened to them. You've engaged your life with theirs. And you've been given this opportunity to share your faith. You've earned the right to be heard. And I think if God didn't trust you to speak for him, he probably wouldn't have put you in this situation. Luke writes that Philip explained the good news about Jesus. And you can do that. You know your story, how God's been active in your life. You can tell a person that God loves them, that he desires a relationship with them, that it's our sin that separates us from him and that he loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice to take our place and to pay the price for our sin so that it could be removed and we could be forgiven and join God in heaven for eternity. Okay? It's not that complicated. I understand it's easier for me, <laughs> just the shoes that I wear and the road that I've walked, but, but it's a basic message that all of us as followers of Jesus have embraced. Philip explained to him the good news about Jesus is just one 
was ready to hear about salvation. Right? And yours might as well. But it's just as likely that they might be open to an invitation for a different next step than salvation. Right? We catch people at different points in life because we're just doing life with them. Maybe what they need is to experience a community of a group of people like your small group. Maybe they are motivated and, and would join you in a service project. Maybe they would go with you to a concert or even to a worship service here on Sunday morning. Okay? Don't be afraid to tell your story. Don't be afraid to tell people how they can connect with Jesus. And here's what I believe. You're going to know what the next step is because God's going to give you the words. I can't tell you how many times in life I've been speaking to someone and, and, and something comes out of my mouth and it's like I have this out-of-body experience saying, that's pretty good. <laughs> but you're not that good. <laughs> and I know where it came from. God said, I will give you the words to say. And then he gives us the words to say. And so if he has taken you in that relationship with that person and you've prayed for who that might be and you've initiated this conversation and God will say to you, this is what I want you to tell him. And it's an amazing thing. And so after then sharing the good news, one more piece of Philip's story that I think is important for us to look at, and that is number five. Philip allowed time for a response. Okay? Now, I love this part of the text because I understand Philip didn't say what he wanted to say and then pressure this man or manipulate his actions. He simply let God respond to what Philip had done, which was just be faithful to what the Holy Spirit told him to do. I mean, previously, this Ethiopian man didn't know God's plan. But through this series of interactions, this divine appointment, if you would, now he did know God's plan. So what would he do? <laughs> would he believe? Would he respond? Would he walk away like so many other people did from Jesus in the Gospels? Like this is what we know. Philip had done his part. He'd been faithful. Now he had to trust God would do his part and realize that there's still a part that only this man could do as well. It unfolds for us there in verse 36. It says, As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, Here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Okay, now, some of your Bibles in verse 37 will have a footnote that says some manuscripts contain, manuscripts contain these words. Verse 37 reads, Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, back to what all the Bibles include. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. So then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Okay? Now those words, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, may sound familiar to you. Okay? We often have people that are in our baptistry before they're baptized declare their faith in Jesus with those very words. Okay? But I want us to see how Philip let the man make his own decision. He didn't pressure him. He didn't badger him. And listen, Jesus does not forcefully break into people's lives 
The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of someone's heart and he knocks and he waits to be invited into someone's life. Okay? And I love how Philip just sticks with it in this divine appointment encounter here to be able to um, walk him through his next step, which in his case was baptism. And I love being able to walk people through their next steps spiritually. Like watching God transform a life is a beautiful thing. Watching people who just want to know what does God want me to do and then are willing to do that, I love being part of that. But even more than that, I love to watch when you do that. When God takes the relationships that you have built, that you have established, and he leverages your life in such a way that you get to walk through life with people spiritually like we're called to make a difference and that's what it looks like to bear fruit spiritually in our lives and i think to do so with god is just um, a thrilling experience right and the eunuch look what happens to him in verse 39 in our text it says when they came up out of the water the spirit of the lord suddenly took philip away and the eunuch didn't see him again but he went on his way rejoicing didn't say, what What happened? He wasn't frustrated. He understood. Philip was just God's tool to help him connect to God. And that's exactly what he did. Now this eunuch didn't start out the day thinking that uh, Philip was going to baptize him. <laughs> Philip didn't start out his day thinking, I'm just going to find a stranger and see if I can go dunk him in some water today, Right? He simply sought after God. And God provided for this Ethiopian man a real-life person who shared with him what God wanted him to do and how he could respond to God. And Philip was simply being faithful to God's leading so that God's purposes could be accomplished. And that's what he wants from us, to simply be faithful to his leading so that his purposes can be accomplished. Okay? Now maybe you're just one that you've been praying about for a week. Maybe they need to be baptized. Be a good next step. Maybe they've already been baptized and what they need is to be restored. Because they've grown far away from God. Maybe they need the experience of a small group. Maybe they need to meet God through worship. Okay? Maybe they're struggling with guilt over poor choices. What they really need is grace and repentance. Maybe because of a secret sin or addiction in their life. You don't know. I don't know. But God knows. And our job as God's people, it's to be his light. And he uses the light of our lives to shine him in front of people so they know maybe just the next step. Just what's next for them. That's our part that God uses us for. To thoughtfully invite them to take the next step spiritually. Or to join us in following Jesus. And it can be done by us to be part of that. Simply sometimes by obeying the Holy Spirit. Or maybe by asking simple questions. Maybe by listening to what's going on in someone's heart. Perhaps by sharing God's simple plan with them. 
Or maybe it's simply allowing them to respond to God's call and helping them to accomplish that. So what step is God asking you to take? Now for some of you, maybe it's going back a week and seriously beginning to pray again, God, who is the just one you might have in mind for me? Maybe you missed that last week or maybe you just decide, oh, that's a good idea, but it wasn't a good idea for you and you didn't do it. Maybe you need to join God in his work by praying, God, who is the person you might have me connect with? Maybe it's the courage, having the courage to invite someone to take a next step spiritually because you engage them in a spiritual conversation so that you might actually have a spiritual influence in someone else's life. Maybe it's to order your life in a different way so you actually have people in your life to have spiritual conversations with. We'll talk about that next week in our series. I'm going to close with a story. And some of you have heard the story before. Um, to me, it, it, it drives home really what we're looking at in the series. A man, older gentleman, and he's walking on the beach. It's early in the morning. He sees this younger guy in front of him. He's down the beach a ways. And he's, he's reaching up and he's, he's picking up starfish and he's throwing them into the sea, okay, into the ocean and and. If I'm around, he's going to be throwing them in the gulf, okay? Depends on what body of water you like. But he, he catches up to him. He says, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm throwing these starfish back into the water because if they lay on the beach in the morning sun, they will die. And the guy says, listen, there, there, there's miles of beach. And there's thousands of starfish. So what difference can you really make? And as the young man's holding one of the starfish and he pitches it into the water, he says, well, it makes a difference to that one. Like, it's overwhelming to think about the work of God that needs done in our world. But God calls us to interact with just one person at a time. And if we cooperate with him, and if they cooperate with him, it really will make a difference in just one life at a time. God hasn't called us to change the world. But he's calling us to make a difference in just one life. Let's pray together. Father, lots of ones around us. Lots of people who need to know you, people who need to be brought back to you, people who need to take just one spiritual step closer to you. And Lord, for whatever reason, you've chosen to use us as your people to help them know what that path looks like, to shine light in front of them so they might come closer to you. Lord, we ask for wisdom to know who you've placed in our life that needs to take a next step. For insight into when those conversations might take place and for the words to say that would be your words, to be your voice to them. Lord, burden us with people who need to know you and with our responsibility to be part of that. And then, Lord, we will get to experience the joy that it is 
be part of being part of your plan and make a difference in the lives of people. We thank you for the honor of that. In Jesus' name.